Hi, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Molly Quartzen and I am the city's communications officer. And today we are joined by council member Mike McMahon, as well as his wonderful, beautiful wife, Natalie McMahon. So thank you both so much for being here. I'm glad to have you. And before we get started, I wanted to have you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit, maybe give some background, talk about maybe where you went to school or what you're doing in your daily life, because, you know, being a council member isn't your full-time job. So I'll start with Mike. And if you just want to talk a little bit about your background. Good morning, Molly. Thank you for having us here on your podcast. Uh, look forward to it. I started back in probably 1988 when I went to school for electronics. And I actually started repairing video games, pinball machines, things like that. And uh, I did that for about 15 years. And then I started my own business after that with the Eastfield Carpet and Tile Cleaning. And we built that up and sold that off a little while ago to another Eastfield family. So that's been great. And uh, since then, I've been starting a new business with my friend. And we're doing our transmissions now for uh, custom cars. Mm. And uh, we're looking forward to see where that leads us. Okay, well, if I need a transmission, I will call you. <laughs> okay, Natalie, go ahead. Okay, so my name is Natalie McMinn. Um, I grew up actually in the city of Rancho Cucamonga. And both of our kids were born and raised in the city as well. I've been a high school counselor since 1999. I started off my career as a middle school teacher teaching English, however. Don't recommend going back to the middle school at all, but I absolutely love what I do now. And we moved to the city in 2017, and we have two children. My daughter lives in Montana, is actually getting married soon, and my son is in Louisville, Kentucky, and he just became a pilot. So awesome. we have a, a lot going on and we're happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you both for being here. I'm so glad to have you on. So I'm glad you kind of touched on your job. I want to start with you just asking some more questions about your job. So I know one, you're really involved in the community mm -hmm. um, and you talked about how you're a high school counselor. So can you talk a little bit about, I guess, just your passion behind it? Why did you become a high school counselor? And then, you know, you are involved in the community. So can you talk about your passion of just, you know, serving the community, serving the residents, the students? all of that fun stuff. I actually started off at the age of five. I wanted to teach elementary school, um, ended up at the middle school. And then as, a, as an educator, you have to continue schooling in order to move over on the pay scale. That was really the only reason I went back to get my master's. Mm -hmm. And I thought I want to do it in something that I enjoy. I didn't love the middle school, but I loved the concept of helping them grow and figure out what they wanted to do by the time they got to high school. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to University of Laverne. I got my degree and a year into the program, I got hired at Upland High School and that started my passion. I worked with some amazing women who empowered me to be the best version of who I was and absolutely loved it. So then a few years later, Chafee District opened up a position. So I moved over there and I will tell you that that was probably the highlight of my career. I work at a very low socioeconomic area mm. and I just love empowering them, trying to help them reach their goals. Not all their families are able to assist them in what their future goals are. Mm -hmm. So that's my passion. I get to help students decide what they want to do and I absolutely love it. That's when, good. Yeah. Go ahead. What, did you have something else to add? Well, I was going to say, so when we moved down to Eastville in 2017 and Mike became part of the chamber, that sort of increased my passion for wanting to help my students mm -hmm. because I learned from a business mind, business world, mm -hmm. what they're looking for mm -hmm. and what they want from our students. Mm -hmm. So being a part of the chamber got me involved with the community, which helps me with my job 
on a day-to-day level. So what would you say, it sounds like your favorite part about your job is just being able to give back to, you know, the residents, the community, your students. That's sort of your favorite part about service. What would you say is the hardest part about being a counselor? I would say the hardest part are probably the limitations that are placed on me. Um, It's either the state of California with their new laws that have come through or the families not understanding what we're trying to do. And I think we're limiting our kids in some ways. My job is to help them grow. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a trade school, whether it's a four-year school, a community college, I want them to be able to reach their goals. And so that's my frustration of the limitations with that. Mm-hmm. That definitely makes sense. I feel like that's a lot of times too with our like city council or even with the staff. We were talking about this on some other episodes of how there's so many things that we want to do for the residents or things that we don't necessarily want to do, but it's like the state is sort of forcing our hand or the federal government is forcing our hand. And on Gus's episode, he was saying, talking about like the arena and the housing and how we're bringing all this housing to Eastville and how that necessarily wasn't our choice, but it's like, it's the state forcing your hand and you just have to, you know, you want to do what's best for the residents and the community, but you can't always do whatever you want, you know, and it's, right. you're kind of in the same position. So I am. Well, you know, you're doing good work, though. Thank That's you. important work. So I wanted to ask sort of both of you a question now. I know I asked you a little bit about being on the chamber, but you've both been really active members of the chamber, and that's actually how I first met you when I started at the city. You weren't on the city council yet, and so I met you at the chamber. So maybe, Mike, do you want to start talking about just your experience on the chamber? How long have you been in the chamber? And um, how did that, like, impact your personal business? Yes, I've been part of the chamber since 2018. And our city of Eastfield chamber is probably one of the best chambers in the country. Uh, We were one of the first ones to actually do a restaurant relief fund with the city back in 2020. And we raised almost $50,000 for that. So we're able to help out all the local eateries and uh, use that money to get gift cards with them and then use those gift cards to go back to the community Mm -hmm. to help out the community members who were in need at that time. One of the biggest things for a business is when you join a chamber, you want to be involved. And the more you're involved, more people hear your story. And that's one of our biggest things our chamber does is make everybody tell their story, what they're about, why they do what they do, what they can do to help the community. And the more people know what you're about, the more they're able to use your services or buy your products. And so our chamber has been really good with that, and especially partnering Mm -hmm. with the city and other local nonprofits in our city. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like being in the chamber helped with your own personal business? Oh, tremendously. We call it power networking. When you get into a chamber, the more events you go to, the more people you get to meet and you get to find out you could cross business Mm -hmm. with them. So if they, like a real estate agent, uh, for instance, you might be able to go to clean one of their houses that they're selling or a house that they just sold or a construction company, when they're done doing a remodel, you can go in and help clean and vice versa. You could help them out by people talking about they want to get it clean because they're getting ready to do something with the house and you could give them a reference of somebody else in the chamber. So we kind of help each other out that way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And do you want to touch on your experience being in the chamber? So I actually worked for the chamber for a short amount of time. I learned a lot during that point in time. I learned the importance of relationships, the importance of building a network like you had talked about. But it's just a sense of family, sense of community that I knew that if I needed anything, I knew who to call. Mm-hmm. And so when we first met you, that was, I think I was sort of on my way out at that point in time, but it was just nice to know that there was that relationship with the city that if we needed something, we could call. I think, again, just 
building a sense of community and relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the chamber. And like I said, that was how I met both of you. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think a big part of communication is making sure you're involved in the community, you know, the community members, that is so much of what I, you know, I'm doing all the time. And the chamber has been like the easiest way because the installation dinner, there's 300 people there at the monthly chamber breakfast mixers. We have tons of different people there and I'm at the ribbon cuttings and the grand openings and things like that. And so I've met so many people in the community and when we had the chamber breakfast this morning, actually, there was so many people there that I've never seen for like the first time. I think it was because we just had the installation dinner, but it was like a room full of all brand new people. And yeah. so I was like, oh man, this is cool because now it's just more opportunity to meet people. But um, it's been really instrumental, I think, in my position of oh, like, yeah. being, you know, collaborating with the chamber all the time. So yep. I wanted, I want to jump back over to uh, Mike over here. So you are our newest council member. You just got on the council pretty recently. So I wanted to ask you about, you know, what was kind of going through your head when you were deciding to run? You know, what went into your decision and how have you, you know, enjoyed the council since being on it? Uh, what has it looked like? I guess, how has it been different than maybe what you thought it would be? Uh, I've always liked city government and how they how they run things and what things are going on in the city. And I've always followed that. Mm -hmm. Especially more when we came to Eastville, being part of the chamber, and we had such a great relationship with the city. I was able to talk to a lot of city staff and other council members, city managers, and things like that. So it really got me uh, going in that in that direction and that passion for it. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest reasons was our downtown coming in. I knew with my business background, I'd really be able to help out with that. Mm -hmm. Look at it from a different perspective that maybe somebody else didn't have, mm -hmm. being a business owner and being involved in the community and working with other businesses. So I wanna make sure that we, we draw the right businesses to our community and we uh, make sure our community goes in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And now that you're on the council, do you feel like it's what you thought it would be? Do you feel like it's really different? Um, what are your thoughts? Different in respect that I thought people would be more engaged into the city. Mm -hmm. Going around doing my campaign, I literally talked to thousands of people and everybody had a question or they had a problem or an issue with the city mm -hmm. or things surrounding the city that were like a school or parks and recs, things that we don't have control of, but there's still a lot of questions about different things. Mm -hmm. And then going to the city council meetings, you maybe see one or two people there that are actually there for the meeting. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know why people aren't as involved as they sounded like when I was talking to them. Yeah. And then I hardly get any emails or phone calls or mm -hmm. if any questions or concerns about what's going on. Mm -hmm. I wish more people would step up and be involved. Yeah, I say this pretty much on every single episode, but I'm always encouraging the community to come to the meetings and different things. And I was talking again on Gus's episode about the downtown and how we have like that advisory committee and how I was open to anyone, how anyone was able to apply. And so many people have so much feedback on downtown. But then when it came to the committee, we didn't really have anybody that wanted. I mean, we did have a good amount. We had about 20 people, but you know, we have 70,000 residents. Mm -hmm. And so at council meetings, we do all kinds of public workshops and public hearings. And there's been a lot of times where I'm at different events and we're like, oh, come come, give your feedback. And we're seeing the Instagram comments, the Facebook comments, and then we get to the meeting and nobody's there. So it's definitely interesting, but I'm always encouraging everyone, like come to the meetings and, you know, express your voice and meet with the council and meet with, you know, the staff, because I think that's really important, but not everybody, you know, always wants to do that. Yeah, well, I, I would say that we are super happy to have you on the council, of course. Well, I love, you. you know how long the meetings can be sometimes. Yep. And I love that, you know, you say your questions when you need to say them. 
And, but you don't drone on forever. So we all appreciate that. You know, you're not making us be there oh, until like, <laughs> like midnight or anything. So um, we appreciate that. And we're happy to have you on the council. But I'm going to go back to Natalie. So we've had almost all the council on the podcast at this point. Mm -hmm. But we've never had a spouse. So I wanted to hear from your perspective, you know, what has this side of the curtain been like? I guess you're like sort of on the side of the council, but you're not obviously on the council. So, you know, you're getting a whole new look into the community and the council and the staff now too. So I wanted to hear a little bit about your experience and your thoughts. So when he first decided to run, obviously I felt that it was going to be a huge challenge, mainly for what we've talked about in the past. Just people aren't involved, people don't understand, but they're so quick to judge instead of getting involved or asking a question. And so my kids didn't live here, or our kids didn't live here anymore. And so I knew that they wouldn't really be brought into anything. Mm -hmm. So I was open to him running and figuring out what he wanted to do. And I knew his intentions behind it were always good. Mm -hmm. So I was excited. Didn't realize I was going to be the manager for his campaign. <laughs> that that was that was fun. Um, Worked out well for me. Yeah, yeah did. I know clearly. She's a great campaign manager. Yes, I am. If anyone needs one, yeah, just and call I'm Natalie. Me. I'll be more than happy to assist. But I did have a community to assist with that. We had some great people that stood up and said, "This is what you need to do. This is where you need to start." We had a couple of kickoff campaigns that we actually included our community members from the chamber. So that was nice because then they shared his passion and what he wanted to do. Then he got hired, and I always joke around that now I have every other Wednesday to myself, and so I do my own little jewelry business or whatever, and it's sort of fun to do that on my own, but the passion behind it is still to build a community. So even though I'm not on council, I do support all the council events. We go to the chamber events, whether it's a ribbon cutting or an installation dinner, it is nice to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, it is fun when we go on walks in our district, however, and we'll have people stop us out of the blue and ask us the biggest one is about the mosquitoes. So we've had to refer to vector control. We've yeah. done that numerous times. Yes. But just not, like you guys said, not knowing where they should call mm -hmm. and not researching it, just assuming. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've had lots of discussions with people about the different aspects of the city and who they should contact, how, how they can get involved. Yeah. But again, meetings come or nobody's there. Yeah. So yeah. he's had one phone call, a couple of emails, and that was it. There was nobody. But we're here, you know, again, even though I'm not on chamber or council, I'm here to help. That's, I'm in a helping profession. That's what I do. But nobody wants to take the time to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I was really excited about starting the podcast because I feel like it's given a lot of like background insight. And on the first episode, we had Mayor Todd Rigby and Councilmember Clint Lorimore. And Todd was talking about how this isn't his full-time job. And I had so many people like email come up to me, whatever. And they were like, I had no idea this wasn't a full-time job just because, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions and people don't really know those things. And, you know, they think that you guys are just like raking it in with the money. And so I have liked the podcast a lot because people are like, oh, wow, I had no idea about this, this, or this, or, you know, this thing, it just really caught me off guard. And so I feel like this is a good way to just, one, it's like humanizing of, you know, people get to see your faces and hear your voices, which is good. But then also you can really just explain from your perspective of who you are in the situations. So. 
there's a lot of misinformation out there, you know, on everywhere. And so it's, it's helpful to do something like this that gives more background. But I remember when you were announcing that you were going to run it, I was so excited because I was like, yay, Mike and Natalie, like we obviously all knew you. And, and so I think everyone was excited, but I want to hear a little bit about sort of the campaign process. Was that harder than you thought, easier than you thought? What sort of went into that? I know I didn't say I was going to ask this, but now I want to know. Yeah, oh. how was it? <laughs> uh, I'll refer that to my campaign manager. Okay. No, <laughs> no but uh, it actually wasn't as difficult as I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing was a lot of, a lot more paperwork was involved than I thought. Mm -hmm. Sending in reports on every couple months or this one I'd be every month, things like that. Uh, all the reporting things that we had to do. Mm -hmm. So that was, it wasn't challenging, it was easy to do, but it's just a, quite a bit of it, a lot more than I thought would, would be involved with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Any thoughts to add? Campaign process? I spoke to more people that I never knew before mm -hmm. than I ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. I would get messages in regards to maybe how a campaign was not being run properly and, and what I should do to follow up on those things. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. It was nice having a banner in the front yard. It was nice going around to the community and talking to them. Mm -hmm. My brother and his sister both live in our district. So it was nice to be able to meet some more neighbors that we've mm -hmm. known, but in more of a, you know, friendly capacity and not mm -hmm. necessarily professional. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that process. Yeah. So now that you guys are on this side of the curtain, what perceptions of yours have changed? Because I'm sure there was things even before you got on here that you thought you like had it all figured out and then now you're on this side and you're like oh maybe this isn't how this worked so since you've been here on the council and you're like on this side of the, the staff and everything what have you i guess learned what have your perceptions like what has changed biggest perception for me was how little control a city actually has on a lot of the major things that go on in our city i'm an analogy person she loves that of course <laughs> My analogy that I use is, say the city wanted to build a nice, beautiful home in the city. Mm -hmm. They'd have to have the federal regulation tell you where they want it to be and how they want it to be. Then the state would come in and tell you the kind of house you could build mm -hmm. and the style of house. Then the county comes in and tells you the fixtures and the cabinets that you can put in. By the time it actually gets to our control, we get to pick the color of the house, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating with that, that people don't understand at the state level who they're voting for and look to see what laws they've tried to pass and what they're trying to do in the next election mm -hmm. to make sure that you vote for the right people in there so our cities can get more of that control back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of things. I think the major complaints we get pretty often or just, I guess, thoughts, questions are a lot of things that are out of our control, like us building another school or like the housing coming to the city or, you know, even with the downtown, we have control over portions of it, but not the whole thing. So a lot of, I think all of the staff's job and the council is just information, 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 because so many things that we wish we could do are really just out of our hands. Yep. So what about you, Natalie? I just love all of you. I think it's been great getting to know the staff and at the city knowing that you guys were there for the right reasons and that's why i was happy that he ran because it was for the right reason mm -hmm. um so whenever i meet you guys and we have conversations we get to go to national night out we get to go to ribbon cutting mm -hmm. everybody's taking their time from their families to support our city and i think that that's important to acknowledge mm -hmm. that we're all doing it not for any accolades but just because that's our passion and what we love doing mm -hmm. 
Well, you are my favorite person in the city. I always say that. I always am like, yay, Natalie's coming to this. You're my favorite, um, too, but don't tell anybody. We always sit next to each other at events, and we always mm -hmm. get in trouble because mm -hmm. we always are talking the whole time. Yep. But, you know, I'm. we all love you guys, too. We're so happy that you guys are on the staff, on the council. We're just lucky to have you guys. So, yeah. Well, thank you. It's, it's, great. it's great to work with the great staff, and yeah. they know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, the staff is so hardworking. We have a really small team. I think that's something else people don't realize. There's a lot of cities that are smaller than us or similar sizes, and they have like double, triple, quadruple the staff that we have. So we have a really small team, and everyone is just working immensely hard all day to get everything done, just doing their best for the community. So I'm really fortunate to work alongside them. I'm always like, wow, those people are like making me look like I've never worked a day in my life because <laughs> they're working so hard. So it's awesome. I always end the podcast this way. I don't know if you've seen a bunch of the podcasts or not, but I always end it by allowing our guests to just address maybe some common misconceptions. You know, I don't know if there's misconceptions with your specific jobs or something with the chamber, or if there's anything you want to address to the community, this, the podcast is really meant to give people like a day-to-day -day look behind the scenes, look at all things Eastville. So are there any misconceptions or anything you want to address? or anything you want to encourage the community to do today? I encourage the community to do a lot of the research. Find out what their issues are and who's in charge of those issues. Mm -hmm. Everybody comes to the city for the school district, they come to the city for the parks, they come to the city for utilities. And part of being the chamber also, we used to have a lot of people call the chamber about city issues. Mm. They call us and they want to know what's going on with this or mm. why isn't the city doing that? Yeah. And they're not quite sure what entity is in charge of what which project or or mm -hmm. things that are going on in the city. Yeah. So those people would be more informed of what they're asking and who to ask. Mm -hmm. I love that. Great idea. That save us some calls. Yeah. What about you, Natalie? I am going to encourage everybody to also do their research, but also to remember that you are a hardworking group. And your $396 that you get after taxes is not going to make you rich. That's not why any of you do this job. It's to be a part of the city mm -hmm. and the community. Building relationships is extremely important. And I think we've lost that art. Mm -hmm. So if you have a question, if you want to reach out and talk to somebody, do it in a professional manner as well. Yeah. And remember again that, you know, their dads, their moms, their aunts, just their people at the end of the day. And I appreciate the fact that you gave us this time to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. As a counselor, personally, I know that they've all dedicated their time to do these things. As a professional myself, if there's anybody who has a question about their children in high school, reach out to your counselor. Have a conversation. Figure out what it is that you want to do in life that is going to feed your passion and make you the best person that you could be. Mm-hmm. I think the overarching theme of this episode is use your resources, you know, get informed, reach out. We're always all here. The staff is always here. The council's here, the chamber, the community. I mean, yeah. we have a really good community. We really do. And everyone just is very involved. So that's awesome in a lot of different ways. But I always like to push people, you know, to do more. Even like Harry will say on the chamber, a lot of some of you are chamber members, but it's only as useful as you showing up and you really getting involved. It's not useful to just sign up you need to come get involved get to know people and then that's when it will be useful and helpful yeah. and it's the same thing with the city it's if you get involved come to the meetings you talk to people reach out then that's when you're gonna get some help so right 
Thank you so much for both being on the podcast. Thank you. Before we finish, I want to do a fun little get to know you questionnaire. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So we'll start. So I'll ask the question and then we'll start with Mike and then go to Natalie. Okay. 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 Which one do you like more or want to go to? The Lantern Festival or International Food Festival? International Food Festival. International Food Festival. Okay. What are you most excited for in downtown? So many things. One, the library for the community, my whole family's educators, but also uh, the eat, shop, play atmosphere that we're going to bring to our city. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking forward to a place for all of us to get together and just relax after a busy work week or after an event that the city's held or the chamber's held. I think it would just be fun to get together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. you got to be honest. Okay. okay. Have you ever listened to the podcast? I listened to about five minutes of the first one last night. <laughs> okay. First podcast ever. Yeah, I'm asking everyone this to put them on the spot. Yes, I have. So I knew that you were going to play this little fun okay. game at the end, and I was a little concerned, but I'm good now. Okay, good. <laughs> I tried to do different questions, but yes, I saw some feedback. People were like, okay, we've heard these questions too many times. And I was like, okay. Yeah. That's you're going to ask me the whole Chick-fil-A in and out thing, and I was going to have a really hard time with that. <laughs> well, now I need to know. Um, probably Chick-fil-A right now, just because our daughter's getting married, so I can have a little bit healthier options there. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, usually when I ask that question, most people say in and out, so then I felt bad. I was like, poor Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I love Chick-fil-A, so I like, I'm Chick-fil-A. taking that out. <laughs> well, and Chick-fil-A has been really helpful with our Kiwanis. They donate a ton of food mm-hmm. every year, yeah. and... That's the other thing people don't realize, how much is donated to our community. Yeah. We have had a lot of, pretty much all our events. I mean, it's all like sponsorships. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who give back here, yeah. which is very nice. It's Chick-fil-A, 7-Eleven, Home Depot, like yep. Target, all, really everybody. Sometimes it's like these little random businesses you wouldn't even expect. Yeah. Some of the nonprofits even. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. My last question. Okay. What is your favorite Eastvale memory? Favorite Eastvale memory? Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a bit of them, but one of the biggest ones was being on the chamber, being on the board of directors when we did the Twin Towers next to the, the fire station right there. That was a great moment watching that unveiling. It's mm-hmm. a really hard question. I know. I almost want to say the last ribbon cutting I did was for East Brew Cafe mm-hmm. for the chamber mm-hmm. and everybody was together. It was right before pandemic hit and we just had an amazing time opening up a new business with local people. Mike had actually won at the chamber. I think it was ambassador of the year and I think he won small business of the year for Eastville Carpentile and we had sat with them and had no clue that they were thinking about opening up right there and then they were sharing their story and I thought, okay, this, that was that was an amazing opportunity for them, and it's just been fun to support them. Mm-hmm. I love East Brew. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, it's right next to City Hall, so I will go there. The avocado toast there is so groundbreaking, life-changing. Drake's Farm, have you tried that one yet? No. Ooh, yeah, I need okay, to Okay, I need to go over there. Everything they have there is really good. Yeah. The coffee's so good, but the avocado toast, Yep. it's just, I don't know, it's built different, so... Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. And thank you to everyone who tuned in. We really appreciate everyone who's listening or watching. And we hope you continue to tune in to learn more about the city. So we'll see you later.